It's that time again. It's moments that mattered, and we've got two rounds to go in the Hungry Jacks NBL season. The ladder is finally starting to take a little bit of shape. I'm Jack Hever and Derek Rucker, as always, alongside me. Ruck, let's start with the New Zealand Breakers. Every game from here on in is a must-win for them. They go to Perth. They keep the Wildcats under 80 and have a fantastic win. It was amazing and a fantastic effort by those New Zealand Breakers players. A great game plan for Modi Mayor and the execution was exquisite. They came out right away and took control of the basketball game. They let Perth know that it wasn't going to be an easy game for them as they went out and hopefully celebrated Damian Martin's retirement. But look here. When you look at New Zealand, they are now a very, very dangerous team. Mm. They, would, they would groan immensely from this victory out in Perth, and I think they have the attributes amongst their players. They have the versatility to really be a problem now and get themselves into the top six, which would be a miraculous effort considering where they were just a month ago. Are they the sort of team that everyone else around them, so we're talking from fourth down, wouldn't want to get them in a play-in because they are capable of what we saw today? The big thing is that they can go and win on the road. Mm. And they went to the most daunting place in the NBL uh, in front of the Red Army and knocked over Perth and really never gave them a chance to win the basketball game. They've got athleticism. They've got shooting. They've got point guards that can hit you in a number of different ways. And they're well coached. So right now they're one of the biggest threats in the league, in a league filled with a lot of threats. So that's saying a lot. How big of a worry is Anthony Lamb's injury? So late in the first quarter, goes off the court, grabbed at the lower leg and, and didn't seem as though he had any real idea of what's going on. We didn't see him for the remainder of the game. New Zealand, as we go to air and record this, are very coy about his current status. Uh, if he's out, how big of a loss is it? So it is a big loss, but they've shown to themselves that they can still go out and play effectively and do enough to win basketball games even without him in the lineup. The other thing is when he does return to the lineup, I don't believe he has to be at 100% full Anthony Lamb for them to win games and potentially be in the championship series. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of pressure off of him from a healing perspective because he knows the strength of the team. He can work himself back into the lineup. He doesn't need to play 25, 30 minutes a game as soon as he comes back for them to win games. Now, obviously, they want him to be available for that, but it's not mandatory. Four games left for the Breakers, so that the latter is favourable to some in terms of games played, like New Zealand. For other teams like Brisbane, they've only got a couple left. Is that, from a New Zealand point of view, does it give them a little bit of wriggle room, or do you just have to treat, as we said, every game as an elimination final? Well, I thought today getting the game against Perth was massive, and now they can really grow from them. They increased their margin for, for error just slightly by winning today, and now they've got a couple of games, I believe, back in New Zealand, yep. which, again, I would be very, very, fairly confident that they are going to win. So I think they're flying back to Auckland, feeling really good about their position going forward, knowing all they have to do is get in. If they get in, they can win. Could you see a situation where they get in and make it to a semifinal series, win a couple of playing games? Of course. And if you're looking at a matchup, okay, we saw them play well against Sydney and just go down. Yeah. We've also seen Sydney smoke them. Mm. And we know Sydney's vulnerabilities. So if we're looking at a potential five versus six matchup, Sydney and New Zealand, I think New Zealand would feel pretty confident going into that one. 
Tasmania Jack Jumpers in the earlier game today had a red hot Adelaide coming at them, full of momentum. There's talk around Scott Ninnis being the coach of this team going forward. I thought the Jack Jumpers did a really good job, Ruck, of just holding their nerve and controlling the game today. Well, we started to see this weekend Jack Jumpers basketball, and today they just sent a message to Adelaide. Don't get too high on yourselves. <laughs> You're not who we are, yep. okay? And they beat them down. Adelaide tried to provide some resistance, but the Jack Jumpers are just a better team. They're better organized, and they're the real deal every single year. Adelaide are getting their come up a little bit. They played much better basketball under Scotty Ninnis, but today was kind of a reality check. It's hard to imagine what I'm about to say, but mm. let's just go with it anyway. Is Milton Doyle the missing link for this team now? Because we know at his very best how good he can be, but we haven't seen that a lot this season. We are starting to see, though, a little bit more of the Milton Doyle of last season. So Jordan Crawford has been quite up and down, and I think one of the ways for Tasmania to really reach that championship contention level is for Milton Doyle to be solidly 8 out of 10, 8 out of 10 performance-wise, game after game and that way they can live with a bit more of the variability with Jordan Crawford or allowing Jordan to pick and choose his games yeah. like he did uh, up in Cairns. He was able to inject himself when it was required or when he felt he was capable of having an impact on the game and I think that recipe between the two cards is vital but also Will Magnet is massive for them. Will Magne has one of the best net ratings in the competition. He's one of the best individual defensive players in the league. When he's out there, Tasmania are a totally different basketball team. And they can not only beat any team, but blow out any team. Are they clearly the third best team in the competition? I, I believe so. If you look at the latter, Illawarra is now fourth. I still think there's separation between Tasmania and Illawarra especially with Tasmania getting a couple of victories this season, uh, this round, mm. I think they're feeling a lot more confident about who they are. It was a big game for Adelaide. It would have been a big win. It's ended up being a pretty big loss for them as well. Are you putting a line through the 36ers for the year now? I think Scott Nennis can feel really good about what he's done with that program. I think he should be rehired as, as the coach going forward. But this season, it's a, it's a wrap for them, I believe. Now, they can, keep their, they can keep their dreams alive by winning up in Brisbane, but I think that's going to be a tough task. It's just it's such an intriguing final couple of rounds that we have because you can think something one day, look at the stats, look at some video, come back the next day and feel totally different. <laughs> so, you know, right now I think, for example, Friday night, Adelaide at Brisbane, my gut is telling me that Brisbane are the better team and they'll handle their business at Nissan Arena. But... Speaking of putting a line through teams, Taipans, done for the season? Yeah, and I just didn't like the way they got down in that game against Tasmania up yeah. there on Thursday night early in this round. I thought they looked like there was, some, there was some harmonious stuff going on or lack of harmony going on. Yep. I don't know what it is, but they didn't play with that same vigor that I anticipated. With the big occasion like that, I thought some of their players came up a little bit small. It's a growing experience for them. Adam Ford has led that team to the playoffs before, so I expected something different, and uh, they paid the price. Your point's a really good one. Their, their body language was very interesting on Thursday night, and, mm. and not necessarily in a good way. What did you see courtside? Well, I thought, first of all, Tajir McCall not being in the starting lineup, I, I asked around on the night if there were injury concerns or what was going on, and everyone told me that he was fully fit and healthy. So 
My experience in the game leads me to believe something else went down, yeah. that something was amiss. And he didn't look like the same cat that we see out there, aggressive, you know, pushing the ball, being defensively active, just causing mayhem with his great physical attributes. And I thought he was a little bit subdued. At times he got himself going, but I'm not sure what was going on there. But, uh, you know, they copped an L as a result. Brisbane Bullets also copped an L. Mm. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from that game, some shot selection late was, was really problematic for them. But Chris Smith and Shannon Scott, as, as two of your three imports on a team mm. to have such little contribution, that, that's hard to win games, Ruck, in this league when your imports are down like that. It is, and I feel for those two guys with the, because they're quality humans. They really want to be good basketball players. They want to do it for the city of Brisbane. They love where they are. But Shannon Scott has really never get, found his rhythm in Brisbane. Yeah. He's been hurt a couple of times. Uh, it slowed him down. He looks like he's not moving with the same pop that we saw at times up in Cairns. Chris Smith at times has been very valuable. He's hit big shots. Obviously, we saw him hit a game winner. But... It hasn't been consistent enough. He hasn't found his space within that team offensively to be able to make a contribution in big moments. They've dropped two in a row that were big-time games. And the way they kind of fell apart in the final minute and a half down in Illawarra, not only was it an L, but again, because of their bad percentage situation, mm. to give up all those points late in the game, further hurt their case. They're a big worry, I think, the Bullets. They've only got a couple of games left. Um, it, they're an enormous one Friday night. Mm. It feels like if anyone's going to miss right now with the top six the way that it sits, to me it feels like the bullets. What do you think? The defense is dropping off, and that's one of the areas where they've been really good this season. But the big thing is they can't put, they can't put points on the yeah. board. Yeah. They're really struggling in the score, and I don't see that getting any easier as we get into these tight next two rounds. Mm. And they play against a, a pretty good or not a good team over the course of the season, but a team that's improving defensively in Illawarra. And they've also, uh, sorry, they've got Adelaide, who have done a better job defensively. And then they go down to New, to New Zealand, and we've seen what New Zealand can do defensively just based on what they did to Bryce Cotton. So can you see Brisbane and Sydney both making it in fifth and sixth? Brisbane must win two. That's it. Yeah. Brisbane got to win two. There could be a case where they win two, and make it and win one and, and miss out. But obviously the big thing is they can't lose two, and it starts off Friday night. Melbourne United handled their business on Saturday night in the throwdown in front of a sold-out crowd at John Kane Arena. It mm. was, you were there in the crowd, Ruck. It, it was an eerie kind of feeling knowing what we knew about the Phoenix team coming in mm. and, and who wasn't playing. How did you think Melbourne handled the night? I thought they were decent when it mattered. You know, they were able to get it done. But I thought as a unit, it kind of fell apart once they got that lead out to 25. And I'm sure Dean Vickerman would have been really disappointed. They probably didn't get the hit from their bench that they wanted to kind of, you know, show that you guys are ready. And they've done a pretty good job this season, the Melbourne United bench. But it didn't happen for them against Southeast Melbourne. I thought Southeast Melbourne, their bench guys came in and did a pretty good job. The lead was All almost... All four of them. <laughs> <laughs> the lead was almost out to 30 at yeah. one point, yep. And they were able to fight back and, you know, show some signs. But it was a matter. It was a matter of time only before that game ended and we got it over with. It, it wasn't a great spectacle. And unfortunately, Southeast Melbourne need to figure out what to do and how they get that program lined up and back in a successful 
position for next season. Are they, I mean, they have Mitch Creek under contract. They have Alan Williams under contract. Mm. A couple of bench players also that will be there next season. But are they almost in reset mode? What, what happens next for the South East Melbourne Phoenix? That's the thing that I can't quite work out at the moment. Well, if you're not going to, you know, if you're not going to really go out there and commit to some of the imports that you have currently rostered, then you're probably off just moving on and letting yeah. these young guys play. And if you got any other guys that are hanging around the program that are young locals, give them a chance. you got nothing to lose at this point. But you get, an, you get a chance to audition some guys in situations at a high level to see what they can do. And like I said, if there are some DPs out there that are, that are looking for a run, um, they've already had some making contributions. But anyone else, this is a perfect opportunity to get in there and have a go. And then I guess the other thing is, you know, if we really want to be real here, what do you do about, you know, some of the other guys that you have as headliners? What do you do with them? Are they what you want and need going forward as you try and resurrect the program? Feels like they've got some, and they probably have already started these conversations, but it feels like they've got some really, really important conversations to have, Ruck, in the next three or four weeks. And this is the hard part of this business. It's hurt feelings time. It's harsh reality time in the process of trying to get better. And unfortunately, people that were in that program aren't going to be there next year. That's the reality, and that's the way it has to be because this season has not worked. And we know it's been a lot due to injuries. Yeah. But, you know, maybe we need to look at how we do our sports science, strength and conditioning stuff. Whatever may be the case, it is a comprehensive review of everything within the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix program in an effort to lift. Let's get the thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's start with a positive. Who's getting the love this week? I got to give it to the Jack Jumpers. That was a big time game. They played up in Cairns and they really displayed a type of basketball that can be successful in the finals. They took Cairns out of everything they were trying to do and then to back it up with a hungry Adelaide team who had a lot to play for. Um, they, didn't, they didn't show any signs of nervousness in front of their home crowd, which is something that we've seen a lot of home teams do in the mm. past couple of rounds. So the Jack Jumpers get all the love for me. My love's going to DJ Vasiljevic. Uh, mm. Adelaide 36ers came up short today, but the, the love is for the fact that I think he's relishing now being one of, if not the number one man with the 36ers. And he's re-signed for three years, so in essence they can build that program around him and hopefully Isaac Humphrey's signature is not too far away. But... The love is because he's been telling people for a long time that he's good enough to be the man in a team in this league. And he's showing it right now. So it's one thing to say it. It's another to do it. So DJ, for talking the talk and walking the walk, he gets my thumbs up this week. Well, I heard all that talk from DJ about how good he was. I'd read it. I'd see it. I'd hear it. He is that good. Yep. Okay. I undervalued his ability and his talent as a player. I didn't think that he could do this and play this prominent a role in a team that wins basketball games. We saw him do it with the Sydney Kings. He didn't have a great championship series last season, so perhaps that skewed my opinion of him, but I was wrong. That guy's a really good player. He's a leader. He shoots the ball well, and what I like is that he's improving within this season as his team improves. He's a leader, and I don't think he cares what people think about him, which is nice. critical critical to trying to lead a group of men. He's doing what's best for the program, and he's also modified his game. When he first came here, he was Jack, Jack, Jack. Now he's figured it out, and he's playing really good basketball and making others around him better. Well done, DJ. Well done. Thumbs down.
thumbs down, I'm going to go to the Perth Wildcats. Oh. Yeah, they haven't gotten it done in the past couple of rounds, um, and it's been disappointing. They've kind of lost their way. Bryce Cotton has been stymied. He hasn't been able to get free. Is this a sign of what's to come in the final rounds? How will Perth rebound from this and find a way to lift as a unit? They've lost two straight home games, Jack. Yeah. Illawarra popped them, and now they get done by New Zealand. I just thought there would have been more cohesion and more fight in them, but it just hasn't happened. And maybe it's just a little mini slump as we head into the playoffs. Interesting, just quickly on that one. So Illawarra last week in New Zealand today, the, the tactic was clear from the opening tip. Hard doubles, get the ball out of Cotton's hand, make someone else beat you. Is that the blueprint? And I guess how do Melbourne United approach this when they have a different way of doing things with Shay Ely and Della mm. who just get you in a headlock and, and strangle as hard as they possibly can? What's the right way to go about it? Well, I think both can be right. And obviously, Melbourne United have that physical talent. They can throw a lot of people at you. And don't underestimate Ian Clark. He's got a lot of savvy. He knows how to play the game. They can throw guys like Tanner Krebs, Flynn Cameron. Yep. Melbourne United have a lot of defensive pieces that they can throw at Bryce Cotton in a playoff series. However, New Zealand, uh, Tasmania, Illawarra, they tend to use scheme. Mm. Okay, so they're going with double teams and traps, hard show and recover. And it's been very effective. Also some old school of not letting Bryce get the ball in the areas he wants it by just straight denial. So I feel like it's very interesting to watch these teams try and manage ways to slow down Cotton's effectiveness. My thumbs down is for the Sydney Kings, which mm. uh, shows how long a week is. On this show last week, we were full of praise for the Kings. We were at Kudos Bank Arena. they just beaten Melbourne United. It was not the same team on Friday that beat Melbourne the week before. And that's why it's the thumbs down, because for all of the praise and all of the love they deserved last week, they don't deserve much from Friday night. They keep stumbling on themselves. We saw them blow out New Zealand, okay, on a Sunday. Smash New Zealand down in Sydney. Then they lose to Perth at home. Then they beat Melbourne United on a Sunday down there. And then right when you think, right when you think they've got the formula and everybody's going to come together and we're going to get this thing popping, they drop one. That game was yep. too big. That, that game was too big to put up that type of performance. And when it really matters, there's always a crunch time in a game, even in blowouts, where one team has to really assert its dominance. And when that period came in the fourth quarter, the Kings laid down. Bad result for them, unfortunately. Now, we haven't done a dual thumbs up on the show this year. Can we do that for the first time right now? Sure. We'll share one together because going on behind us yeah. right now is Damian Martin's jersey presentation, the number 53. will hang in the rafters at RAC Arena forever and ever, and so it should as well. Six-time champion, six-time defensive player of the year, one of the great blokes in Australian basketball. He deserves every bit of this this afternoon. So, Damo, on behalf of both of us, Jewel thumbs up because it's full credit. And I have always considered one of him the great leaders in Australian sport. Forget about the NBL specifically in Australian sport. The guy did so much for basketball and six championships out in Perth. I don't know one who I don't know anyone who doesn't admire and respect Damo and all the best to him. He'll never appreciate how fantastic an honor this is until he's 10, 20 years old. Yeah. And you look up you look up there in those rafters and you're like, Wow, this is a great moment. Well done, Damo. Well done to you. That's a great way to see us out for the moments that matter. We are back next week. Two rounds to go in this regular season. We're still trying to make sense of all this, aren't we? It's very hard. It's very hard, but it is fantastic, and we love it. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us.